All right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration, and today is going to be a long episode. I'm going to cover Act of God. I was going to cover two topics, the Hour Office Time and Act of God. I'm just going to do the Act of God. I've got so much stuff to cover. Y'all are going to be experts at the Act of God before this episode is over with, I promise you. And I appreciate JB. He's sending me everything that I'm using today. These are things that he's used. Let me knock on wood. JB has been extremely successful with Act of God grievances. And so everything I'm going to talk to you about today are things that he sent me. And so uh, it's going to be Act of God. Cover a few things before that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people reached out last week about my episode going off about my friend getting screwed over. And uh, look, like I said, I don't care. I told you I was going to step on toes when it started. <laughs> and so that's what I'm, I did. And uh, I stand by everything I ever say. I will never get an episode and then think about it and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> that's not how I am. Um, told you all from the very beginning, I'm a city letter carrier. I'm not a representative of the NELC at all. I'm a city letter carrier that has dealt with a lot of different grievances. I've been in a lot of different uh, meetings. I've been in arbitrations and safety meetings at the highest level. I've dealt with a lot of things. And so everything that I know, I'm going to try to tell you. Will it help? I hope so. I hope it does. I hope it's helped you. Uh, a lot of people have sent me things that y'all have won. And uh, based off of things that we've talked about on these episodes, that's what it's about. I was talking to this person the other day, and uh, they're going to start doing a blog. So, you know, she was like, if it just helps one person, it's worth it. And that's what I said from the very beginning. I said, if it helps one person, I'll keep doing it. So if one person listens, <laughs> I'll keep spending the $30 a month to do this. I just will, because it's all about the city letter carrier. So if I step on toes along the way, I don't care. Uh, they were saying, you know, man, that was a good friend of yours that signed that pre-arm. I also said this, if my very best friend was the president of this union, wasn't doing his job, I'd get in that ass, because uh, that's just how I am. And uh, so anyway, I'm about the city letter carrier first and only. Uh, there is no second. And uh, I represent city letter carriers. When I do union work, I'm representing city letter carriers. A lot of people in the union up, upper echelon have lost that. They don't understand that. And I don't get it uh, because I am here for the city letter carrier. I'm not here for title or prestige or money or nothing. If I was here for money, I'd ask y'all for some. I'll never do that because I'm not here for money. Um but it's about the city letter care and my love for the city letter care. And that's the only reason I do this. Whenever I'm doing arbitration, it's for the city letter care. Whenever I go into the stations as outside steward, it's for the city letter care. All of the things that I do are for the city letter care. And when you're not doing that, like these pre-arbs, I'm going to get in that ass. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what are you going to do to me? You're not going to do a damn thing to me. You talk about blackballing me. Uh, used to do training all the time, regional training. I, I would always do regional training. They blackballed me from that. Like that's going to hurt me. Do you understand that the entire country listens to this now? Uh, so when I educate, I'm not just educating my region. I'm educating the entire country. So how'd that work out for you? You know, uh, you talk about blackballing. <laughs> how'd that work out? <laughs> You can't train at region. All right, motherfucker, I'll just train the country. How you like that? And so, you know, 
I'm about the city letter care, so I'll always win. You talk about arbitrations. You don't use me around the region anymore. Y'all thought that, that you know, you'd blackball me from that. Do you know who I, who I help more than anybody else? Advocates that message me wanting to know if I've dealt with things. Sending me case files. Do you have any pointers? Uh, do you have any sites? Talk to me about this here. I help advocates more than I help anybody else. So how'd that work out for you? You can't blackball me, motherfuckers. You know? I mean, <laughs> so anyway, once you realize that Corey Walton is here for the city letter care, all this other stuff will make sense, man. All this other stuff will make sense. So when I say that you're a cowardly chicken shit motherfucker, I'm coming from a city letter carrier standpoint, right? I'm not coming from the union standpoint. I'm coming from a city letter carrier because I want you to represent me like you should. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was funny. A lot of good friend of mine, friends of mine were messaging me like, damn, son, you got my man's ass. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did because uh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it. And uh, change can't happen fast enough. But once you realize that you're representing the city letter carriers, once we get back to that, everything else will fall into place. Uh, like I said, if you represent me, if you love me, you'll always win. Uh, no matter what happens, I, you know, we, we're not ever going to win every case. That's not going to happen. It's just not logical. Do we prepare ourselves to win every case? Absolutely, we do. Absolutely. Every case I send forward, I prepare to win. Uh, am I going to win every one of them? No, I'm not. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. But every case I prepare is because I love my people. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. I've always said that. NELC, love the city letter care and put us first. Quit putting the dollar first. When you're putting the dollar first, we will always lose. Y'all have your parties and y'all have a good time up there. But at the end of the day, you failed in your mission. And that's to be our agent and to represent us. And if you failed at your mission, what good are you? And what good have you done? You've, you've padded your pockets a little bit, you know. But what's your name worth? Nothing. Nothing. And so uh, once, you, once you realize that it's all about the city letter carrier and you love the city letter carrier, uh, you will succeed. You'll succeed, okay? You do realize that this union is made up of everybody. Every race, black, white, Asian, Mexican, every every race is in this union. Y'all realize that? Every race is in this union. Do you know that all kind of religions are in this union? Did y'all know that? Some believe God, some believe Allah, some uh, are agnostic, don't believe at all. Whatever your religion is, you're welcome in this union, and we're going to represent you. Did y'all know that? That's because of love. Not because we're, we're mandated to do that through Article 1 as the agent. It's because of love, and, and I truly believe that. Uh, you have Democrats in this union, a lot of them. Did you also know that you had a lot of Republicans in this union? A lot of them. Uh, you've got independents in this union. You know that? Uh, and we represent every single one. Every single one has a voice. In this union, uh, I know that uh, the union top heavy is is uh, favors one party. I understand that. Now, when you go to national, it kind of chaps my ass because I don't believe in degrading another party. I just don't. I don't like it. Uh, I think it's uh, bush league. 
um, I don't think that you should you should dog another party. Uh, I just don't because their money's just as green as the other. Uh, we need to understand that everybody is represented in this union. Uh, Democrat, Republican, Independent, nobody, whatever, uh, everybody should be represented to the fullest in this union, should be given a full voice. Uh, I've said that all along. I've had episodes about that. We have people that are, that are men married to women. We have people that are men married to men. We have women that are married to women. And we represent all of them with the exact same fervor. Did y'all know that? And once we realize that, we'll succeed. Uh, you got to love everybody, man. Everybody. Like I always say, I have never gone into an arbitration and asked for religion, sex, who you're married to, who are you dating, what color are you. Especially, I love the city letter carrier. Period. Uh, we will always disagree. We will always disagree. Uh, that's just how it is. That's humankind. That's human nature. We will always disagree. But what we cannot disagree on is our passion for the city letter carrier. We can never disagree on that. We have always got to do everything humanly possible to help our brothers and sisters in this union. That's one thing we cannot compromise on is that uh, we have got to love the city letter carrier. Like I said, we will always disagree. There are going to be things come up that I'm going to disagree with you on. Uh, my pride will never get in my way. When I become business agent, my pride will not run the business agent's office. It just will not. I told you I'm going to get the baddest motherfuckers I know to go around this region. JB is one of the baddest motherfuckers I know union-wise. I've seen his passion for the city letter carrier, and I wish everybody had it. Uh, but if I'm business agent and JB's on there and I hear that he's been talking about me saying that I'm a piece of shit, you know what? He's still one of the baddest motherfuckers I know. <laughs> so he's going to go out on the field as much as he wants to, you know, uh, because my pride will never get in the way of what I'm doing. It can never do that. And unfortunately, in this union, pride has taken over in a lot of these regions. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy. By far, I'm not. Uh, I'm not the smartest guy in this union. I've dealt, like I said, I've dealt with a lot of things. I look on social media. There are people much, much smarter than me. Uh, Joe Galanka, that guy, uh, I, I just keep scrolling when I see that he's commented because I know it's taken care of. I wish I had half the smarts as Joe Galanka. Jim Rootsy, another guy. I wish I had half the smarts as that guy does. I could go on and on and on, man. There are people on there that, that are, uh, I had a little episode where I talked about uh, the ones that I call the experts um, that are much smarter than me. I will never claim to be the smartest because I am not. <laughs> but you will not find one that wants to win as much as me. You will not find anybody in this union that wants to win as much as I do. And I know that for a fact. Uh, I've had a lot of arbitrations, man, a lot of arbitrations. And I'd put myself up against anybody as far as an advocate because I've dealt with it so much, and I know it inside and out. The grievance procedure, I've dealt with it as much as anybody. Uh, discipline, uh, I would consider myself an expert at discipline. 
uh, because I've dealt with it so much. And so many people still, I've dealt with about six or seven removals this last week from across the country helping people. Uh, I don't mind saying that. I've dealt with it that much. I'm an expert on certain things. I'm not an expert on a lot of things, <laughs> but you have those that are, you know, and uh, I wish they would do po podcasts. But so that's not what I'm on here for. I'm not on here because I'm the smartest person that there is. Uh, far from it, truly, far from it. I've dealt with a lot of things, and I understand the grievance procedure. I understand grievances. I understand preparing grievances, getting grievances ready for arbitration. What I want to see as an advocate when I'm in arbitration, when I used to go in there. And so once you get that down, then yes, we'll be successful. I believe in education is the greatest thing that we can offer. I really do. Education is the greatest thing we can offer uh, as a union. And when I'm business agent, that's all I'm going to do is educate. You look at Region 3, they're always sending out education. Uh, I love their template for it. I love their mindset, and I'm going to copy that. I'm going to mimic them when I'm business agent. Uh, I don't mind telling you when I put up things, I say, hey, plagiarize that. You know, copy that. Use that as your own. Uh, I don't mind you doing that. I put up things that I've written. Use that. Say it's your own. I don't care. Uh, I don't mind telling you I do that. When I see something I like, I'm using it. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so, uh, because I want to win. Yeah, I want to win. Um, so, we need to all come together as a union. Uh, we will always have our differences, like I say. We will always have our differences. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as at the end of the day you realize this, we are here for the city letter carrier only. We are not here for ourselves. And once we realize that, we'll be successful. This regime is going to be replaced. Um, it's just happening. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Um, they don't think that because there's never been a party that's been in power that has gotten defeated. Uh, that will change this next election. I assure you, or my name's not Corey Walton, that that's going to happen. They're going to be replaced. The old style was one of passion and fighting and stuff. And you kind of got this, here the last few presidents have kind of gotten away from that into more political, saving money, and have forgotten about us on the workroom floor. That's going to that's gonna come to an end, right? Uh, I was talking to this individual that's pretty high up last week. We were talking about CCAs. Uh, what can we do for them, man? You know, and I'll read something to you here in a second, kind of the old mindset that I was talking about. What can we do for the CCAs? They're getting destroyed. Uh -huh. Everything about that position is terrible. And this individual told me that the, the current rank and file doesn't concern themselves with CCAs. Do you know why? They don't vote. That's what I was told. They don't concern themselves with CCAs because they don't vote. DCAs out there, did you hear that? Do you hear that? Y'all are not given a seat at the table because you don't vote. That's how they feel. Now, they'll come out now that I said that because I know they listen and say, oh, no, we can't. Bullshit. Bullshit. CCAs, this next election, y'all better rally yourselves to vote. You better get some kind of uh, network together to vote. You could be a tidal wave in this next election. You could be a tidal wave, CCAs. You better get your shit together. Get a network. Get a network like this 
this Zoom meeting that we had last week, get a network. Uh, because if somebody's looking down saying, we don't worry about y'all because y'all don't vote, you better fucking vote, man. Uh, you better vote. And I'll help you as much as I can on this podcast. Get your message out if that's what y'all want to do. Uh, you need to get somebody to start rallying the CCAs uh, to vote. And uh, because if somebody told me they don't consider me because I don't vote, I know my ass is going to vote. But anyway, um, you can change an election. CCAs, you can change an election. Don't be sitting there with your thumb up your ass this next election. Because I've always said this, if you don't vote, don't bitch. If you don't vote, don't bitch. That's just how I feel. If you don't vote, I don't give a fuck. You can come to me and bitch all you want. Did you vote? No. Well, fuck, you don't care that. That's how I feel. I always vote. I'm voting. I'm bitching. I pay dues, too, so I'm going to bitch about that as well. All right? <laughs> I read this uh, the other day, and this is kind of what I'm talking about. My nose is running. I'm sorry. I hope I don't drive y'all crazy with that. I'll tell you what, man. I had a cold last week. And it seems like I always have a cold on it. I don't know. Why. I guess it's because I have a walking route, and I'm always out in this shit. But... um Here's kind of what I was talking about. Somebody put this up on uh, an NALC page. It's a meme. It's a meme. It says, they keep saying that nobody wants to work anymore, but really, nobody wants to be overworked and underpaid anymore. Okay, I'll read that again. They keep saying that nobody wants to work anymore, but really, nobody wants to be overworked and underpaid anymore. So here's somebody telling y'all, look, not that we don't want to work, it's just that we don't want to be overworked and underpaid. And I understand that as a CCA coming in here and you're working seven days a week. Uh, you're treated terribly. Uh, you're treated terribly. I know everything there is about, to know about CCAs. I've dealt with them in arbitrations numerous times. I've been in numerous meetings about CCAs. I get it. I get it. And underpaid. I think you're underpaid. I think CCAs are underpaid. Uh, terribly, terribly. Uh, you can go to most fast food restaurants and can compete with the postal service, which is inexcusable to me. It's inexcusable. I remember when I started this job way back in the early 90s as a rural carrier in the late 80s. In the early 90s, started this job. And when you said I was uh, employed or hired by the postal service, what people say? Damn, y'all rich. You're set for life. You're working with the postal service? God, how'd you do that? How'd you get that job? How can I do that? Uh, it was the job to get. And, and those of you got time, you know what I'm saying. Uh, now, hell, you might as well go work in a fast food restaurant. Uh, now, the benefits are great. Yes. Retirement's great. Got me some insurance, uh, which is great. And, you know, it's tough times out there right now. It's hard times. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but the pay? No. It's not great. Uh, you are underpaid. And you're definitely overworked. And that goes with staffing as well. But that person said that. And here's what somebody said. Of course not. We should start all entry-level positions at top pay in this country. Because entitlement. Putting your time in is so old-fashioned. I'm going to read this again, what the person said. 
They keep saying that nobody wants to work anymore, but really, nobody wants to be overworked and underpaid anymore. Here comes somebody stating this. Of course not. We should start all entry-level positions at top pay in this country because entitlement, putting your time in is sold fashion. Uh, remember what I told you last week about people saying, why don't you just quit and go somewhere else? You don't like your money? Why don't you just quit and go somewhere else? It's that defeatist attitude. Now, that's kind of the example I'm talking about right there. Here's a person saying, look, it's not that we don't want to work anymore. But we don't want to be overworked. We don't want to work to death. We don't want to work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. We don't want that. And, and we're underpaid. I agree with both of those things. Uh, I think that that's the reason we have a lot of these rallies, working conditions, understaffed, underpaid, overworked. Uh, I've said that a lot. Um, the way you make change is through these rallies to say, hey, we are underpaid. We're overworked. We're understaffed. Uh, we need a, a change in the Postal Service. And we're talking about this contract coming out. Uh, I, I want to get a substantial raise. I would like to see that. I would like my working conditions to be addressed because we are overworked here. But yet you have this mindset of, oh, well, you're entitled. You're entitled when you want more pay. How foolish is that? You're entitled when you don't want to be overworked. How stupid is that? Really? You know, why Why do anything then? Fuck, just take what they give us. You know, fuck. Everybody should start out at top pay. That's not what they said. They said they're underpaid. I agree. I think CCAs are underpaid. I think they should make five more dollars an hour. Starting it right now, five more dollars an hour. I think they should make that. Uh, I think they're overworked. Terribly so. Uh, the retention rate is is abysmal, and you got people saying you're entitled because you want more money. <laughs> you're entitled because you think you're overworked. <laughs> anyway, we'll always be a failure as long as you have that mindset. This is a union, and we should be fighting for those things. We should be listening to those people. CCAs, when I talk about get you a movement together and go vote. That's what I'm talking about is this entitlement issue that you see people have. CCAs, listen to me. You need to get yourself a movement in the Postal Service. And you need to make change through your vote. People that are going to say it's not entitlement. It's not entitlement to want better working conditions. Hell, I want better working conditions. I've been here 30 fucking years. I want better working conditions. It's not entitlement to want more pay. Hell, I want more pay. I want to make what UPS is making. How about that? I want to make what they make. How's that sound? Am I entitled? Fuck off if you think I am. Until you love the city letter carrier, we will have these comments like this. Until you love us. When you love us, you'll fight for us. And you'll listen to us. And you'll hear us say, we're overworked. I'm going to help you. We're underpaid. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that's taken care of. That's love. That's what I'm talking about. That's the example I'm talking about. When you love me, you'll do everything for me. You will go to fucking war for me every fucking day. You won't say, hey, you're entitled because you think you're under overworked. You won't tell me that I'm entitled because you think I'm underpaid. You're going to say, damn, I believe so too. I think that too. 
We need a union to stand the fuck back up, man, for the city letter carrier. We need a fucking union that will risk it all for the city letter carrier, and we don't have it. You got too many old minds in there thinking, y'all need to earn that. Y'all need to earn more pay. What? I should come in with more pay. That's going to keep me here. I can go flip burgers and make the same money. That's not what this job is for, man. It's a federal government job. It's supposed to be one of the better ones you can get. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that don't believe that. There's going to be a lot of people that don't believe what I say. And I don't give a fuck about that. Because <laughs> I say what I say. I think for myself. I think what I think. Uh, but I love the city letter care more than anybody else does. I know that. I'll go to fucking war with them. I'll go to fucking war with them, man. And I have. And I have. But anyway, let's love each other. Okay? Let's love each other. City letter cares. People need help. We're going to help them. Right? And we're going to hope that our union does the same until we can get this regime change in here and get a, a real leadership because uh, it's failing us right now. But anyway, uh, this union is a melting pot. This union is a melting pot of this world. Uh, we represent everybody in every situation. And uh, you better love everybody if you're going to succeed. Um, I think I'm going to do this. Uh, next week, I may do the hour office time. Then after that, what I think I'm going to do is, y'all remember the Memphis case I had, uh, the joint statement case where we got that fantastic decision. Now, management is trying to um, vacate that decision in court. Uh, I, I don't I have no communication on business agent's office, so I don't know where that case is at. I don't know what's going on there, even though I was the advocate for it. <laughs> I don't have any communication with them. They've completely cut me off. But I don't call down there them motherfuckers either. So, But anyway, um, I don't know where it's at as far as the process. They're trying to vacate it in court. Uh, but what I may do is, and I think this would be good for you, especially advocates, but it'll be good for people that are, are building case files, is a two-day hearing. The first day was all Jason Ashley. Uh, my witness, my only witness. It was all Jason Ashley. Uh, he was the entire day. The second day when we came back was management, their witnesses, uh, the supervisor that this young man that killed himself and the two managers went after. He wasn't there. Uh, a manager, postal inspectors, the formal A representative. But that was the second day. It lasted seven hours. Okay. Uh, I have that on recording. And what I may do is I'm going to split that up into like four different episodes. And you'll hear direct questioning from labor to their witnesses. And then you'll hear me cross-examine their witnesses. Um, very educational. Uh, I won't cut out hardly anything. I cut out names because I don't like doing that. But the arbitrator talks a lot. You'll see kind of where he's leaning. You have a lot of objections, some sustained, some overruled. And, um, it's very neat, very neat. Uh, it's volatile. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, 
But what I may do is just cut it in different sections, like um, some of the shorter witnesses I'll have on one episode uh, go after the postal inspector pretty good. And uh, I'll kind of give a little narrative before it comes on to see what uh, what to look for. And then the formal A representative for them, I chew him up. And uh, it's I question him for over two hours. And um, so I'll have that for you if you think that would be interesting. I know that a lot of people, when I have the arbitration stuff I put up, they message me that they really enjoy that. And uh, so I may do that for you. And that'll be about four episodes. I'll cut that up in about four episodes. And the last episode will be my closing argument uh, to the arbitrator. Okay. So I'm thinking about doing that. And uh, I think I will. So next week may do the hour office time. And then the next, get into the Memphis uh, arbitration uh, day two, which would be management's witnesses, their direct questioning, and then my cross-examination. have about four episodes of that. That sound all right? Hip. Hip grievances. I think we're fixing to be bamboozled. <laughs> I, think fixed, I think we're fixed to be hoodooed on hip grievances. Um, Something came out last week. And the Postal Service has reached out, and they're, want, they're going to want to make it an interpretive issue, see if it's an interpretive issue. So they're calling them all up to national, okay? Um, now, you remember when this all started, I thought that it would be best if we sent this to national arbitration, and the president said they got together. They said that they, they didn't think that would be wise. Um, I think that was a terrible mistake. I think it was an absolutely abysmal mistake um, because what's happening is these are going to arbitration and management is getting in there and lying to the arbitrator. And when you have a single station uh, going up as an arbitration and management going there like this last one, the management said, hey, the 204B had no idea what they were doing. When I saw what they did, I, you know, I made sure they corrected it and we did the training and arbitrators are buying that shit. Uh, they're buying it, saying, you know, it doesn't look like it was intentional, even though we know that it was. It was falsified. Too many steps you have to go through to falsify it. But management will always lie in arbitration. Uh, you'll see that in this hearing when I put up Memphis. Uh, labor will tell them to lie, and, and they are bad about that, whereas we will not. They will because they want to win at all costs. And um, so what they're doing is they're going in there saying, hey, look, it's a single station grievance in this station only. This 204B didn't know what they were doing. They put in this training and, you know, and some people weren't there and it was a complete mistake. And, and we're losing. We're losing. What a national grievance would have done was would cut all that out. Because you cannot say 95% of the country just got it wrong. And um, so it was a foolish mistake on our part not to take them to national, not to take it to national level. Uh, I know that Mike Kerf was an advocate for taking it to a national level grievance and was mocked and laughed at. And so um, now who's laughing? That's, that's, uh, it was a terrible strategy on our part. Uh, I said from the beginning, take it all to, to the national level. And, uh, but we didn't do that. But what's come out is the Postal Service is deciding to send all these up interpretive. Okay. So that means that no more cases are going to go to arbitration in the country. 
they're all going to send it interpretive. And um, I've got some emails that were sent to me, and I'll read these for you. This one is from Labor, and this is the one that did it. It says, Dear Mr. So-and-so, please be advised that the USPS believes that an interpretive issue under the national agreement or some supplement thereto, which may be of general application, is involved in the above-referenced grievance. Pursuant to Article 15, interpretive step of the national agreement, the issue will be discussed with the appropriate national representative at the headquarters level who is responsible for determining whether the issue is interpretive. When a national representative determines that an issue is interpretive and initiates a dispute, the initiating party will provide a copy of the written notice to the respective advocate. In the event that the dispute is not initiated by a national representative and the case was scheduled to be heard in arbitration at the time of referral or was being heard in arbitration, the case will be processed in accordance with the provisions of Article 15, Interpretive Step. And so uh, with that one grievance, when they called it interpretive, it shut down the entire country. Uh, none of them will be going forward now. And then the postal, the union comes out with their email, and uh, it basically says, um, effective immediately, cases related to the heat illness prevention program, HIP, at any step of the grievance procedure, have been referred for a view of a possible interpretive issue at the national level. As such, all cases related to HIP at any step of the grievance process are to be held in abeyance at their current step. If it is determined there is an interpretive issue, the case number to hold HIP-related cases will be provided ASAP. If it is determined that there is not an interpretive issue to be discussed by the parties at the national level, the grievance will be returned to the step of the grievance procedure from which it was referred. We'll provide an update upon the review of completion at the national level. And uh, so that's where we are with HIP, is that uh, we dropped the ball on it. National did. We didn't. We dropped the ball on it. Uh, they're sending cases of small losses forward. Don't know why we did that. And uh, because they'll say, you know, well, they're scheduled. You, you can you can cancel dates. <laughs> you can work around that. I'll tell you who got fucked over is Mike Kariff. Uh He got fucked over, his region. Here's a guy who has 2,000. 2,000. You, you want to talk about Brother Gates? You want to talk about making a statement for Brother Gates? Mike Kariff did that. He understands carrier. He understands city carrier. He understands love for city letter carrier. Uh, he's been on here several times. But he went after this full force, you know, because we have one of our brothers uh, dead in somebody's front yard because of neglect on these sorry fuckers we work for. And, uh, you know, we come out. I came out hard charging on here about hip, man. Some of the, my most volatile episodes were dealing with hip because when my people died and when my brothers died. And I take that personally because I love, I love, I love City Letter Cares, man, with everything in my being. I do. And so when one of my people passed away, I was a hot motherfucker, boy. And I guess you could tell. But, um, you had some regions that were hard chargers, man. Region 3, Mike Karras region was one of those. And some didn't care. Some didn't care. Some just dismissed it away 
and said, just do the training. They didn't give a shit. They weren't going to stand up for Brother Gates. They weren't going to stand up for their members. These business agents said, hey, look here, I'm too busy getting high and getting drunk. I'm not worried about this shit. Uh, city letter carriers. I'm not going to put all this work in. I'm too busy over here smoking this blunt and uh, fucked us over in some of these regions. And you know who I'm talking about, you sorry fuckers. But anyway, uh, Mike Carroll had about 2,000. He had one scheduled for hearing. And, and those are the kind that you take forward because you're going to have several stations in a grievance like Nashville. I'd put Nashville as one of the top five cases uh, because JB did, first off, he always does amazing work. And we cover 16 stations and, and they acknowledged falsification. Now, the B team came out and said, yeah, we did falsify. Uh, they didn't want his to go. And so, um, you know, his was one to me, probably been one of the top five cases to take forward just because it was so thorough. He does such a good job. Uh, Chicago would have been a great one because you had several stations in there, and that would have been a, a great one to take forward. But they they said that one of his cases, the first one is to go forward, be interpretive. So they sent it up, and then they sent it back. It's not. So what happened was he lost his date for arbitration. They had to reschedule it. Well, they rescheduled it way uh, in three or four months in advance, right? Well, now he's got caught here with this here with Postal Service saying they're going to hold all of them in advance. We're going to send it up interpreters. So his never got hurt. So if anybody in this country got fucked over by this, it's Mike Cariff, uh, because he had about, like I said, 2,000 cases pending, and they put in the work on theirs. Uh, they put in the work. A lot of people did. You know, we had some good resolutions at the informal and formal, people getting paid, management acknowledging that. And this is, this is what this has done. And don't don't put your head down. This is what you did as a nation. You let them know we weren't going to tolerate what happened to Brother Gates. And that's what this did. Uh, look at what you've done nationwide for Brother Gates. Look at what you've done. Nationwide, what you've done as a, as a city letter carrier craft is that you stood up united with Brother Gates. That's what you did. So much so that they have shut the country down as far as these hip grievances. Get an interpretive issue on it. <laughs> to get to send it interpretive. They have shut this country down on these grievances. That's what you did. And so do not hold your head down. Hold your head high. Because you stood up for our brother. And you said, we're not going to tolerate this shit. Y'all have educated yourself. I've seen the case files put together. Amazing stuff. Uh, they are ravaging this country as far as the grievance procedure right now. Uh, all the cases going forward because of what you've done. And uh, you have caused a tsunami of grievances for your brother. Uh, so rejoice in that. Uh, we will we'll always mourn for our brother. Uh, we will always mourn for Brother Gates uh, because he was he was our kin. He was our kinfolk. And so, but rejoice because you stood up united when we sent all these grievances forward. A lot of, you know, a lot of these business agents, they didn't give a fuck. Like I said, they dismissed it. They don't have any love for you. They don't have any love for the region. Uh, 
they're fucking pathetic. Uh, but you had a lot. You had a lot. Uh, Eddie Davidson, Mike Cariff, that said, hey, yeah, uh, we're going to wreck some shit. <laughs> we're going to wreck some shit right here uh, and make the Postal Service an example of what happens when you fuck with one of our own. And that's what happened. And so they're going to send an interpretive. It shut the country down now. None of those cases will be going forward or to arbitration. Here's what I think is fixing to happen to you. Here's what I think is fixing to happen. I think both parties have gotten together and decided they're going to kill every one of these grievances nationwide with some language. I think you're going to get a step four out of it. I think something's going to come out of it. They're going to kill every one of these grievances nationwide because they're not going to send 6,000 grievances forward on HIP. They're not going to pay that money. And so the Postal Service said, we're going to send it interpretive. I believe them and the union have been talking about it uh, behind closed doors. They're going to get it up there, and they're going to, they're going to kill it. That's what I think is fixing to happen. I think you're going to get some language, just some kind of this is what's going to happen. And um, that's what I think. I can be wrong. I've been wrong once before. But I think that uh, I think we're fixing to get bamboozled right here. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's that's my opinion. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. And like I said, I've been wrong once. And uh, but. I think you're fixing to get every single one of these grievances killed. But regardless, regardless, you stood up for your brother, Brother Gates. Be proud of that. Be proud of that, okay? Um, because when it came out, man, I don't know if you remember me. I was fucking hot. I remember my president saying we wanted a pound of flesh, and I went off on that motherfucker, boy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say that shit, man. That's our people. That's our people that died. You don't tell me I want a pound of flesh. You sorry motherfucker. But, um, yeah, y'all stood up for him nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. You set this motherfucker on fire. So uh, good for y'all, man, for standing up. That's how you do shit, man. That's how you do shit on these sorry bastards. All right. 45 minutes. <laughs> Let's get into what I'm going to talk about. Uh, act of God. Now I'm fixing to hit y'all. I'm fixing to hit y'all with a lot of reading. Okay. Now what I've got is our position. What we're going to need to do to support an act of God grievance. Uh, when snowstorms hit, floods, whatever, wildfires, anything like that, and our carriers have to take leave because they cannot make it into work, we'll file this grievance to get them administrative leave and get their leave restored. Okay, uh, if you go on to from aidarbitration.com, Jeremy's going to have every bit of this, and it's a lot of reading, man. There's a bunch of stuff I'm fixing to tell y'all. He's going to have every bit of it on the website from aidarbitration.com, every bit of it. And um, if you're going to file these act of God grievances, you'll be an expert by the end of this here. Uh, arbitration, God, dog. The end of this episode, <laughs> I need some sleep, Donna. But um, what it is, is our position. Uh, cases for us, uh, language, our arguments, 
I'm also going to have management's position because somehow we came into possession of their arguments, their template. Uh, and so I've got all that, and I'm going to put all that up. So I'm going to show you where management's going to go with their position. So I'm going to have our position, and I'm also going to give you behind-the-scenes look at management's position, what their arguments are going to be, so that you'll be ready for them. All of their arbitration sites that they use, so that you'll be ready for them, advocates. Uh, all the arbitration sites that they'll bring into arbitration will be on here, advocates. So get them and read them uh, and see how you're going to get around them. Uh, those are very persuasive. Uh, can be. And so we will have our own. But uh, it's going to be our arguments, and then it's going to be management's arguments. You're going to hear all of it today, all right? And so act of God, here we go. Hope you're ready. Like I said, a lot of reading. Let's get over here into it. All right, what we got first, and you're going to have all this stuff as a slideshow, and we're going to give you all the language. All the language that you're going to need, we're going to give you, okay? Uh, we're going to give you your issue statement, your remedy. Um, uh, contentions, what you're going to need. And so that's what all this is going to be. And so uh, first we've got the Employee Labor Relations Manual, ELM Section 519.1, 519.1, all right? Administrative leave is absence from duty authorized by appropriate postal officials without charge to annual or sick leave and without loss of pay. ELM section 519.21. The rules which govern administrative leave for acts of God are contained in this section of the ELM. ELM section 519.211. ELM section 519.211. Like I said, all this is going to be on from arbitration.com. Acts of God involve community disasters. That's going to be critical for us. Uh, that's where a lot of arbitrators, when they rule against us, that were disasters, okay? Such as fire, flood, or storms. The disaster situation must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. And that's where we have to prove our position. That's our burden. Uh, the disaster situation must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. It must prevent groups of employees from working or reporting to work. Now, how do you find groups? Is that three, four, five, six? If you have a station of 40, is that 10 of them? Is that 20 of them? Now, those are the things that we're going to have to argue. What is groups when it says it must prevent groups of employees from working or reporting to work? And we're going to address all these things, okay? In general, most arbitrators agree that each of the three criteria above must be met before administrative leave is appropriate, okay? Criteria one, community disaster. Your case file should document these things. A complete shutdown of all community services except for emergency services such as fire, police, and hospitals. And we're going to get into that in a second. How do we prove that? What do we need in our case file to prove that? Any kind of warnings, uh, okay? Declaration of a state of emergency by local, state, federal officials. Evidence of massive road closures. State or local authorities advising citizens to stay home. Now, how do you find that? Online, if you have Twitter, uh, 
I kept sending JB think he don't have Twitter. So anything that came down off of Twitter off this latest storm, I was sending it to JB. Stay at home. Uh, only get out if it's an emergency. Uh, make sure that if you do get out, you're gonna need, you have water, you have uh, blankets, you have a fully charged cell phone. They're telling you that it's dangerous outside. And so all these things I was sending to JB, and he also has – you know, a good network of people that send him things. So his case files are already ready to go uh, when he's at formal A with all these things. Uh, state or local authorities advising citizens to stay at home. Other businesses or industries shut down, FedEx, UPS, Amazon, etc. A disaster must be an extreme situation. Uh, here in Nashville, we had eight inches of snow. Now, I know up north, you're like, what? We don't deal with snow. Y'all do. We don't. And so if we get eight inches of snow, it shuts the city down because we're not prepared. Our road crews are not prepared. If they dealt with it, you know, two months out of the year like they do up north, then they deal with it. We don't. And so eight inches shuts us down. Uh, and so we had a year's worth of snow in one day in Nashville. And so it shut the city down. So when it talks about a disaster must be an extreme situation, I would say that that's what that is. Criteria two, general in scope rather than personal. This one's going to be critical because this is going to be one of management's main arguments, that it was personal. Uh, many employees not able to report. That's going to be critical that we, that we get that in the file. Employees from a large general area not able to report. No or little mail received for delivery. And that's what we had at my station. Only six of us made it in. There was no mail. There was no chains for our tires, for the vehicles. No chains. Um, and they just want you to sit around for eight hours while it's getting worse outside. Uh, they had some DPS that you could stick. Um, so when you have no mail or all the mail's piled up, no clerks to put it out, right? no parcels are being put out, Take pictures of all that and say, hey, look, we had stuff available. No clerks came or whatever. So no or little mail received for delivery. Criteria three, groups of employees not able to report. And we'll have reports that I'm going to show you all what to request to show all these things, okay? Your case file should document these things. A large percentage of a tour unable to report. Management, other crafts not able to report. Groups of employees who live in different areas not able to report. And that's big for me because I have uh, carriers that live hours away and they are not able to make it in. I live very close to the post office. I live about 10 minutes. So it took me about an hour to get to work. Um, but a lot of my carriers live a great distance. They cannot make it in and be safe. Uh, and and I would encourage them not to even try because their safety is much more important <laughs> than this fucking mail. It says building the file, shop stewards, letter carriers, help you help them. Write statements showing they exercised reasonable diligence, ALM 519.213. Uh, that's critical in arbitration. Uh, when you write a statement saying, hey, when I woke up, it was really snowing. So I went back to sleep. I woke up and I walked down the steps and man, it looked like it was going to get slippery. So I walked back up. Probably not going to be successful. 
What attempts did you make to get in? What attempts were made? You know, uh, I had some say, hey, got in my vehicle, pulled out, and the streets were blocked. Trees came down. The police were out, you know, whatever. I attempted to come in, and I could not. I made it down to the end of my cul-de-sac and uh, slid into a ditch. Had to get somebody to pull me out. Anything like that showing that you had reasonable diligence. Couldn't get on the interstate. Interstate was shut down. Uh, something like that. You've got to make some kind of attempt uh, in your statement. <laughs> in your statement, you do. If you write a statement saying, man, I looked outside and it was really coming down, so I got scared and went back to bed, you're not going to be successful. Participate in interviews. Take pictures. That's that's huge. If I get carriers that send me pictures, hey, look, this was my street. Road crews hadn't touched it for a week, and that's what we had here. Uh, there was three inches of ice and four inches of snow. Uh, the road crews hadn't touched my street. I got all these pictures to show you the, the danger that I was in, that I was going to try to put myself in to come to work. Make sure you call in. If you call in community disaster, whatever, it's going to prompt you to annual leave or leave without pay. Choose something. You got to choose something because we're going to file a grievance to get it converted to administrative leave. All right. But call in. Let them know. Tips for shop stewards. The post office being closed is not a requirement for administrative leave to be granted. Employees on pre-approved annual, sick, or leave without pay are not entitled to administrative leave, ELM 519.216. Administrative leave is available to career employees. If an employee chooses to go home when work is available, they won't get administrative leave. Management's denial of administrative leave must, be, must not be arbitrary or capricious. And those are my favorite two words when people say, hey, there's no contract language, but management's doing that. I always tell them their actions cannot be arbitrary or capricious, right? Management's denial of administrative leave must not be arbitrary or capricious. If you get an email saying from the postmaster, hey, all requests for administrator are going to be denied. All requests for administrative leave, we're, we're denying every single one of them. Uh, that's arbitrary and capricious. <laughs> You're not looking at it. Uh, so, uh, and we have an email to show that. If they say, hey, look, anybody puts in for administrative leave, let's look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. They may have a better argument. But if we get something saying a mandate has come down, all administrative leave will be denied. That's arbitrary and capricious, all right? Um, when it says this, an employee chooses to go home when work is available, they won't get administrative leave. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Like in my situation, we come in, there's no chains. Well, there's work available. I can go out and deliver, but I have no chains. So it's going to be extremely unsafe. So there's work available for me to do. I'm not going to put myself to an unsafe situation to go do it, period. Uh, so I disagree with that. You have to use common sense. Um, when you say that, could you have gone out and delivered? If I went out and delivered, there's no change for me. Under Article 14, they're supposed to, to require or provide a safe working environment for me, and I didn't have chains. 
And so I was not going to put myself in that situation. So yeah, there was work available, but if I would have done that, I would have put myself in grave danger. Uh, You're going to get administrative leave for that. What does that mean? Arbitrary, capricious, arbitrary, based on random choice or personal whim rather than a reason. Unrestrained and autocratic in the use of authority. Capricious, something that is subject to sudden, unpredictable changes, contrary to the evidence. And that's a great one, contrary to the evidence. The evidence shown that uh, 70% of my carriers couldn't make it in because of, of the snow and ice and how unsafe it was. The evidence is is that the police told people to stay at home, do not get out on the streets. Uh, all the emergency channels are saying this is a, a winter storm. Do not get out. If you have to get out, make sure that you have blankets, plenty of water. Your cell phone is charged fully in case something happens. Well, that's telling me I don't need to get out. <laughs> that sounds terrible to me. And so uh, contrary to the evidence. And so... A decision that is arbitrary and capricious fails to use reasonable diligence to determine necessary facts, fails to give proper consideration to relevant facts, reaches conclusions reasonable people would not reach on the same set of facts, and that is a huge problem for management, especially postmasters that don't have to worry about getting out into the snow. All they do is drive in and sit at a desk, and they're going to say, any carrier that didn't come in and endanger themselves, we're going to give them leave without pay. Any carrier that didn't risk life or limb, give them leave without pay. We want carriers to risk their safety to come in and sit on a stool because they can't go out and deliver. That's ignorance. That's ignorance. And that would not be a conclusion reached by a reasonable person, (laughs) okay? And so uh, there is that slide show, and that's in there. And that really right there is is all you need. That's great stuff right there, man. Really good stuff. And here's uh, JB's grievance out of my station, Bellmead, for last year. Uh, 22, it's two years ago. It's got the issue statement. Did management violate Section 519 of the ELM via Article 19 of the National Agreement? when they failed to grant administrative leave to letter carriers in the Bellmead station during the period of January 6th through January 8th of 2022? If so, was the appropriate remedy? Uh, that entire case file, JB's contentions are in here. They're fantastic. He always does great work. Uh, don't look at the pre-arbitration settlement because it doesn't have anything to do with y'all. He's got an act of God, can reasonably uh, be defined as an event that directly and exclusively results from the occurrence of natural causes that could not have been prevented by the exercise of foresight or caution. In other words, an inevitable accident. Uh, and here's JB's, what he gets and puts in the file. The grievance case file contains team of flash report. Number one, winter weather event released Thursday, January 6th, stating in relevant highlights. Winter weather brings significant snow accumulations to the area of Tennessee along and north of the corridor. The state emergency center is activated in Nashville with personal supporting response efforts and resource requests. The winter weather's most significant impact is to interstates and highways and travel remain hazardous through tonight and tomorrow. Temperatures overnight and during day Friday will remain below freezing statewide and may result in continued travel concerns and increased number of power outages. So he put that in there. 
Current situation, a winter weather system dropped significant snowfall in Tennessee today with areas along and north of I-40 receiving four to seven inches of accumulation and areas south of I-40 receiving a wintry mix of precipitation with little or no accumulation. The State of Emergency Operations Center in Nashville is activated to Level 3, State of Emergency. A winter storm warning remains in effect for some areas along and north of I-40, stretching from Dyer County through Middle Tennessee, the Cumberland Plateau, and up to Claiborne County. Except for Tennessee's southeast corner, temperatures Friday are forecast to remain below freezing statewide. So he gets all these reports and puts them in here. Okay? Uh, it says the Grants case file contains team of flash report number two, winter weather event released Thursday, January 7th. So he's covering that day. Same stuff. And number three for the next day. So, and then he's got your Elm language in there. Uh, he's got uh, page 1016 of the Joint Contract Administration Manual. The parties agreed to the following. Administrative leave is governed by the provisions of Section 519 of the Employee Labor Relations Manual. It is defined as absence from duty authorized by appropriate postal officials without charge to annual or sick leave and without loss of pay. The Elmuth authorizes administrative leave under certain circumstances for various reasons, such as civil disorders state and local defense programs, voting or registering to vote, blood donations, attending funeral services for certain veterans, relocation, examination or treatment for on-the-job illness or injury, and absence for duty due to acts of God. National Arbitrator Parkinson ruled in case uh, C-23564 that the term without loss of pay in the definition of administrative leave means that the employee should also receive night differential, which on such leave if they could or would have otherwise earned it. And so then he has all the ELM language in there. So if you want to get this, uh, his contentions, and you can copy and paste it. If you download it, uh, just obviously take out Tennessee stuff and put in your own. But you have all the language right there that you need. you got a great issue statement right there. You'll have to change it a little bit. Uh, but these, these contentions are, are first class. And then he's got different instances of things that happened that were on the news. Now, the union contends more snow fell in about eight hours Thursday that Nashville saw all last year in 2021. By evening of Thursday, January 2022, the Nashville area was slammed by the accumulation of ice, sleet, and snow, making already impassable roads even more disastrous. Reports included in the grievance case file evidence power outages, local and state office closures, numerous business closures, insufficient public transportation, school closures. Uh, police Department and uh, Tennessee Highway Patrol reported numerous vehicle accidents and main interstate closures. One person died after a tractor trailer slid off Interstate 24 near Clarksville. A fire engine on an emergency call hit back the hit the back of a city bus on Jefferson Street, causing it to spin and block the road. At least five people went to the hospital after the crash. National Police responded to 172 crashes throughout the day, at least 44 of them with injuries. More than 300 flights were canceled or delayed at Nashville International Airport. Officials pleaded with residents to stay home as crews worked to clear roads. They warned conditions would remain treacherous today with temperatures staying below freezing. City officials warned of dangerously cold temperatures after the storm. Metro Police Department released major thoroughfares and side streets throughout Nashville are treacherous. So he's put all that in there, which is fantastic for an arbitrator to see. 
T-Date, T-Dot, Smartway, camera photos from January 6th through 8th, evidence in great detail. Main travelways for ESP employees were completely covered in unprecedented ice and snow coverage that the national area was completely unaccustomed and unprepared to navigate. While TDOT crews worked feverishly in an attempt to clear main passageways and became evident that resources needed to combat such a disaster were not available. The union also contends management failed to properly equip any postal delivery vehicle with tire chains to assist in proper traction. The union contends it is evidently clear Nashville in the Middle Tennessee area was in a level three state of emergency, which constitutes a minor disaster, and numerous officials stated roads in the middle and East Tennessee were treacherous and impassable. All these things in here. He breaks down each section of the elm for you. He's got the clock rings, ER clock rings, uh, Thursday 1-6, 334 employees on the clock, 626 potential employees, 52%. Thursday, 123 employees on the clock, 626 potential employees, 19% made it in. Friday, 119 employees on the clock, 637 potential employees, 18% made it in. And so those are ways you beat these things. All of that is fantastic stuff for you. In the Bellamy Post Office uh, on the clock report, which evidenced the following at 10 a.m., 10 employees on the clock, 44 potential employees, only 22% made it in. And that's showing groups of employees. And so um, all of that is fantastic stuff. Uh, he's got the, the remedy requested. This will be very good for you that all letter carriers in the Bellmead Station, of course, you got to change that, be awarded eight hours administrative leave for each day they were prevented from reporting to work during the period of January 6th to January 8th, and for management failing to provide safe working conditions with properly equipped vehicles, that other types of leave annual and six charged to Bellmead Station letter carriers during that period be returned to their leave balances. Uh, and uh, he's got $10, but that's because of a pre-arb settlement we had. And uh, all uh, payments associated with this case be processed as soon as administrative possible. So uh, there's a fantastic template for you. When you want templates, that's a great one. <laughs> so he always does great work. And so let's get out of here, and we're going to go to management's position, okay? So... When you go on tomatoarbitration.com, you'll see that slideshow. Uh, it'll have all your language for you, okay? You'll have these templates. He's got one from my station and one from another station. Look over it. You can copy and paste it, whatever you want to do. Copy and paste the issue. Copy and paste the remedy. Just make sure you change things. He'll have all the contract language on there for you. He'll have the reports that he requests. Now, each district will be different. Each installation will be different, probably. And so uh, all these reports that he requests, okay, will be on there. And so uh, copy and paste all that if you want. Here's management's. Here's, here's their what they hand out to their teams, to labor, to local management. Uh, this is their playbook, and we've got it. Uh, attached are some resources, uh, references for handling call-offs that are allegedly related to the weather, which will ultimately lead to claims for administrative leave under Elm 519.21, Acts of God. These are gathered from district and area labor relations specialists. 
These materials can be adapted for local use. The grievance responses must be adapted for local use. Admin leave doc breaks down the criteria required for acts of God admin leave and spells out management actions to be taken before, during, and after admin leave. Snow step two doc contains three grievance denials. Again, these must be adapted prior to issuance. Note that some employees may claim to be unable to drive to work because of warnings by local officials to stay off the roads due to conditions. While these claims may be related to the storm, they are largely unrelated to M519. If such claims are raised in the grievance procedure, management should include in the step two denial the argument that the Postal Service as a federal entity is not bound by state or local laws. So what they're saying is, is that state officials say, stay off the road, it's unsafe. <laughs> they're saying, hey, we don't go by those laws. Here's the problem with that argument, if they say that. If I have a traffic violation, they're going to say what? That's a state law to have your seatbelt on. That's a state law to have your whatever. So they're contradicting themselves somewhat when they're saying, hey, we don't go by state law. Well, then don't hold that against me in discipline case, right? Uh, so put yourselves in danger because we don't go by state law. <laughs> that's what they're saying. If they're saying, hey, stay off the roads, well, that's the state telling you to do that. Uh, so that that's their ignorance. But anyway, and that's what I would say in arbitration. And so what you're saying is, is that because we're not governed by TDOT or Tennessee Highway Patrol or the police department, we should have jeopardized life or limb to come in here. That's how damn stupid they are. Criteria for administrative leave for acts of God, M519. For community disasters such as fire, flood, or storms. And I'm just going to keep reading all this stuff. This is management's, this is management's contentions. Disaster situation must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. It must prevent groups of employees from working or reporting to work. PM or appropriate official must determine whether the employee or employees in question could, with reasonable diligence, have reported for duty. The documentation referenced in the section below will be important in the grievance procedure. Please note that some of it is time-sensitive. It may not be available later. It is important that it is gathered at the time it becomes available. Before, monitor the forecast and obtain documentation, copies of news articles, printouts off the Internet, weather, or news sites. If claiming admin leave in the grievance process, the union will surely have after-the-fact documentation of the magnitude of the storm. We need to show that everyone knew it was coming and could prepare accordingly. Gather list phone numbers of metro bus lines, cab companies, and other public transportation for use during. Gather and list phone numbers for local government service personnel, state, city, township. Determine if there is a website that will have updates on the status of roads. Gather and list phone numbers for hospitals, fire services, police departments, etc. Get a representative sampling from north, east, south, and west of your facility at varying distances, noting the addresses. During, check with Metro bus service, cab companies, etc. to inquire if and if they're running. This might need to be done every four to eight hours due to changing conditions. Document the call-off. Some employees will call off to the IVR. Others will speak with a supervisor. In speaking with the employee, ask the following questions and document the answers. 
Ask the caller's home address. If he will not provide it, obtain their address off records through USPS records. Ask, determine the reason for needing leave and make note of it. Some callers may not claim snow as the reason for their absence, perhaps because management might then offer an alternative way to work. If the caller says he cannot get to work due to the storm, ask what efforts he has made to get to work. Impress upon him that he needs he is needed at work and ask when he will make his next attempt to get to work. <laughs> oh. Impress upon him that he is needed at work. <laughs> I would rather you be unsafe. Put your life in jeopardy. I need you at work. We gotta get this mail delivered. These people are shut in all week. They're not going to get out to the grocery store because it snowed so much. They're going to need those letters. They're going to need those packages. Uh, there's no mail coming in. I need you at work. Why? We got to get this delivered. What do you got to deliver? Where are my chains at? That's how stupid these motherfuckers are. Impress upon him that he is needed at work. God. Tell the car that you expect him to be to work as soon as he is able to get in, even if late, and that management will be contacting local government services for updates on road conditions. I don't give a fuck who you contact. I ain't coming in if it's unsafe. Because nobody, nobody can tell me to be unsafe. If you call me back and say, hey, local law enforcement said it's safe, fuck off. Ugh. Listen to this shit. Advise caller of alternative transportation, bus, cab, etc. Are you going to pay for it? Are you going to pay for my bus fare, my cab fare, etc.? I'm not pay I'm not coming out of pocket for that shit. That's how stupid these motherfuckers are. There's alternative uh, transportation. I, I got cares that live an hour away. You want to take a cab an hour to work? Stupid asses. Contact local government service personnel and or view websites for updates on road conditions. Hey, I wouldn't call into a supervisor until I'm not coming. They start questioning me. I'm calling into that IVR number. I'm not calling into a supervisor and have them ask me any questions. And I damn sure ain't going to fill out no questionnaire. They tried that shit here. Fill out this questionnaire. Yeah, I'm not filling out shit. I'm going to write a statement for my union. But I'm not filling out a questionnaire, period. Determine whether hospitals, fire services, police departments, etc. are up and running using the list you prepared before. Call to see if Walmart is open. Okay. If you're on the roads for any reason at this time and you're able, take some photos focusing on road conditions, other businesses that were open, etc. After. Document the names and addresses of those who came to work and those who didn't. If your facility is large, don't focus only on your unit. Rather, obtain an, an account of all units, mail processing, maintenance, EAS employees, etc. Of those who didn't come to work, notate, differentiate between those who claimed the storm as a reason and those who didn't. If not done, during the determine whether hospitals, fire services, police department, etc. were up and running. Document whether contract drivers, HCR, and our carriers were running, how many runs were made, the routes they took. Consult with labor relations on ensuing grievances. The union must prove that the employee was prevented from reporting. Act of God call-in questions. Again, I'm not answering any questions. 
What is your home address? What type of leave are you requesting? Why do you need this leave? If the caller says they cannot get to work due to the storm, what efforts have you made to get to work? You're needed at work. When will your next attempt to get to work? You're expected to be at work as soon as you're able to get in. Even if late, we'll be contacting local government officials for updates on road conditions. Advise caller of alternative transportation, bus, cab, etc., and all that stupid shit. Uh, it'll also have in there, uh, they put the language of the M in there. Administratively, the definition. They have theirs highlighted. Uh, it shows um, 519.211. It says union burden approves. Got a little error. Acts of God involve community disasters such as fire, flood, or storms. The disaster situation must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. It must prevent groups of employees from working or reporting to work. And then it has down here 519.213, and it says management's burden to prove. Determining the cause of absence, postmasters and other appropriate postal officials determine whether absences from duty allegedly due to acts of God were, in fact, due to such causes or whether the employee or employees in question could, with reasonable diligence, have reported for duty. Okay? So it's got that in there for you. It's got all of it highlighted. Uh, all their stuff is highlighted. That's stuff that you're going to need to to look at. Then it has arbitration from Stephen Cook. It's in 2014. And uh, it's got the award summary. Application of the subject to language to the situation at bar convinces me that the union did not prove that the storm met the definition of a community disaster as stated in Part 519.211. Contrary to the applicable contract language regarding the granting of administrative leave due to acts of God, it is my considered opinion that the storm did not affect groups of employees from reporting to work, and it was personal in nature, not general. Remember what I was talking about earlier? Most main highways were passable, and some secondary roads were not. No postal facilities were closed in the area. Most employees scheduled for work reported. There was no evidence of suspension of mail deliveries or delayed curtailed mail. After the initial snow, there were some hazardous conditions, but it is my considered opinion that the conditions of the storm did not meet the definition of a disaster. There was no evidence to show that the storm caused much suffering, loss, or misfortune to many people. The employer was not inoperable, and the immediate community was not impassable. The arbitrators determined that in accordance with Part 519.211 of the M, the union did not meet its burden that the snowstorm met the definition of a community disaster. Accordingly, there is no need to address the issue of employee exercise Employees exercising reasonable diligence in an attempt to report to work under Part 519.213 of the M. Based on the specific facts, circumstance of this case, the grievance is denied. So that case will be in there for you advocates. Uh, it's got another arbitrator's decision from uh, Deborah Simmons out of Chattanooga from 2014. says, this grievance is sustained. The evidence that the union has met its burden of proving that the, well, the winter storm that hit Chattanooga on the evening of Friday, January 29th, constituted an act of God under ELM Section 519. And it's got her discussion and opinion. Section 519 of the ELM sets forth the criteria for determining whether 
Employees are entitled to administrative leave to an act of God. First, there must be an act of God, as the term is used in Elm 519-11. If the existence of an act of God has been determined, the inquiry proceeds to the second step, where postal officials must determine whether the employee at issue could have reported for the day if they had used reasonable diligence. The term act of God is defined in the M as the community disaster such as fire, flood, or storm. Not every storm will be construed as an act of God. That storm must meet specific criteria to be an act of God for purposes of the M. It must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. So she uh, cites the language. In the regional award cited by both the union and the service, the consensus of regional arbitrators is that to prove a violation of Section 519, the union first bears the burden of proving that an act of God occurred. If the union meets this burden, the service must produce probative evidence showing that it's appropriately determined the employees with the use of reasonable diligence would have worked their assigned schedules. If the employees could not have reported to work with reasonable diligence, then the employees are entitled to administrative leave for the time lost during the period that the weather prevented them their arrival at work. This arbitrator is in agreement with the, this two-step process as it takes into account both the union's burden to prove a violation and the affirmative duty of the service to make the reasonable diligence determination under 519. Uh, and so it highlights all of her decision, goes in there, talks to where management doesn't agree. I'm not going to read all that to you, but it's very good. And so there's that. There's a service talk in here that they never give. And make sure that at Formal A, if they produce this service talk, uh, because it's in this template, it's in this packet, it's got a presented by and a date and time, uh, they'll put this in there and not have given this service talk. So if there's a service talk stated that it was given, make sure you contact your steward and say, hey, management has incorporated a service talk in the Formal A in their contentions. Have they ever given this service talk? And your shop steward will say, we've never heard that service talk because they will put this in there. They'll lie. They'll cheat and they'll steal. And so that's exactly what they'll do. They'll put that in there. So if there's any kind of service talk signed by them, call your steward. There's a checklist of administrative leaves, no storm. And it'll show you if you want to really research this thing, if you want to get inside of management's head, what they're going to do. Remember I talked last week about the art of war? Know them. This is knowing them. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're knowing their arguments before we get into this meeting. Now, informal, you're going to need to know all these things. They're not going to present these things at the informal, but informal, get all these things together, all of this stuff. And then at formal, uh, they're going to carry it home for us, right? It's got this thing in here called lunch with labor relations, administrative leave, introduction. In our area, requests for administrative leave generally occur during the winter season due to inclement weather, such as snowstorms or hurricanes. It is essential that postmasters managers make every effort to ensure that the course of action followed for granting or disapproving a request for administrative leave is consistent with service needs and due to consideration given for employee safety postal rules and regulations, and local bargaining agreements. What is administrative leave? ALM 519.1 states, administrative leave is absence from duty authorized by appropriate postal officials without charge to annual or sick leave and without loss of pay. 
Uh, ELM 519-11 states acts of God involve community disasters such as fire, flood, or storms. The disaster situation must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. It must prevent groups of employees from reporting to work. Who has the authority when granting administrative leave? Postmasters and other installation heads have authority to grant administrative leave up to one day for acts of God. District managers and PCs, plant managers, have authority to grant administrative leave beyond one day, but not more than three days. District managers and senior plant managers may also authorize administrative leave for periods beyond three days. References, it's got 519.212, 519.213, 519.216. All of this language is in here for you. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and read all this language. Handling administrative leave requests due to emergency situations. Determining the cause of absence. Postmasters and other appropriate postal service officials make the determination of whether an absence from duty allegedly due to an act of God was, in fact, due to such cause or whether the employer or employees in question could, with reasonable diligence, have reported for duty. ELM 519.213. Handling administrative leave requests due to emergency situations. Criteria for granting administrative leave. Each request for administrative leave must be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. There is an initial three-part criterion to be satisfied prior to the granting of administrative leave for acts of God as follows. An act of God must involve a community disaster. The disaster must be general rather than personal in scope and impact. The disaster must prevent groups of employees from working or reporting to work, ELM 519-211. Burden of proof. First and foremost, the employee union must establish that there has been a community disaster. The burden of proof will be on the employee union to establish his or her diligent efforts to report to work. And that's what I'm talking about, your statements. Do not state, I woke up and, man, it was really snowing outside, and so I got scared and went back to bed. Don't do that. you got to show some kind of effort to make it to work. Handling administratively requests due to emergency situations. When a request for administrative leave is denied, you can usually expect a grievance. Again, each absence must be evaluated on its own merit, and when an employer requests administrative leave, they're required to show their diligent effort to report. Now, if I'm going to show arbitrary and capricious, I'm going to ask Installation-wide, how many employees were granted administrative leave? Zero. Okay, that's how many you're going to have. So when it says a request for when a request for administrative leave is denied, you can usually expect a grievance. Again, each absence must be evaluated on its own merit. And when an employee requests administrative leave, they're required to show their diligent effort to report. So just like in Nashville, not one carrier in Nashville is granted administrative leave. Not one. And so that's what I'll show. That decision was arbitrary and capricious. Uh, so the following information is offered to assist local managers in responding to those grievances and making consistent, well-reasoned, and supportable determination. And this thing is 30 pages long. Okay? Again, I'm not going to read all this to you. But it's going to give you their game plan. Right? It's going to give you management's entire game plan. Get this and read it. Read it and read it, especially formal A's across the country. Get these and read them. All of this is going to be on formatearbitration.com. Now, I've given you the basic language, all the language you're going to need. You're going to have JB's templates in there. 
get those and copy and paste them. We've told you exactly what you're going to need, the reports that you're going to need. Here's management's entire game plan. All right? This is management's entire game plan right here on paper. It's going to be on, uh, we're going to download it on there for you. It, this thing has everything, man. But, but there's a lot of it. There's a request for administrative leave worksheet. Now, one of these has every arbitrator's decision in there that they're going to use. Yeah, this one here. Uh, this is from Labor Relations, and it's got, so advocates, pull this up if you're taking any of these to arbitration. It's got every arbitration site that they're going to use. And it's got little snippets of what the arbitrator said, okay? And there's a bunch of them. So make sure you get those advocates, especially on this one, because one of these is going to have every one of their arbitration sites on there they're going to use and get them and study them, study each one of them. It's got management's contentions from a case file in here, uh, all of their stuff that they have. So you'll have a template of theirs as well. And the only reason I've stopped reading all this is because I can't record so, for so long. It won't download on my episodes if I record past so many time. So I'm scared that I'm, I might be cutting myself off here. You won't be hearing any of this. So it's got the guidelines for determining whether administrative leave is appropriate for acts of God. So all of that is in there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an hour 36. I mean, I've, I've done two hour episodes before. But anyway, there you have it. That's the act of God. All of that. Um, I could have read more of that. I thought I was way past hour, hour and 30 minutes. But um, again, get on from aidarbitration.com. If you have any acts of God grievances that you're going to file, everything you're going to need is on that episode. Jeremy's going to put it all up there for you. Everything you're going to need is on that episode. All right. Get on there. Look it up. Download everything. It's going to be a lot of stuff for you, especially JB's contentions. Now you have to change some stuff out, get those reports yourself. Um, if you need a request for information, what you need to request, uh, contact me. JB has all the all the the things you're going to need to request. I may get that and put that up too. I have Jeremy put that up. All the stuff that that JB requests, uh, installation wide reports that he has okay so we'll get that on there as well so uh you'll have management's entire contention their their entire position so advocates if you have active god grievances get on there and pull all that up formal a's get on there anyway and learn it learn their position what they're going to show up to the table with that's that's the art of war right <laughs> that's the art of war when you go to the formula meeting, you're going to know their position before they get in there. Every bit of it. You're going to know all their arguments before they get in there. The informals, get that stuff and read it. Uh, make sure your contentions, if you don't if you don't make contentions at the informal, make them. That way you can testify in hearing. And uh, you'll be able to, to help your carriers out. Uh, those statements are critical. Due diligence. They at least try to make it in. Why couldn't they? Um, pictures of your roads, pictures of the ice and the snow, how after two days they've not even attempted to clear the roads out there where you're at. Interstates, are they impassable? Yes. Here's TDOT, here's 
uh, Highway Patrol, the police department saying roads are impassable. We can't get to them. We can't clear them. All these stuffs are going to go in and help us get our carriers administrative leave and get their leave restored to them, right? So all that's critical. And all of it's there on formatearbitration.com. Get on there. Uh, you also get on Reddit and Discord. Uh, get on those things. Uh, I'm telling you, those things are jumping right now. Those numbers are growing like crazy on Discord and Reddit. Uh, fantastic stuff going on there. I've got so much stuff, but I'm going to have to cut it off here because I am getting a little late. I've got so much stuff to go over. But next week, I'll probably do the hour office time. Got some more shout-outs. People want me to do some shout-outs for them. I'll do those next week. Uh, some other stuff that people want me to talk about, I'll do that next week. Uh, and uh, But, hey, pretty good episode, right? Uh, uh, Act of God, we covered that pretty well. you got a lot of stuff on formatearbitration.com. You can go get and pull that up and, and file your grievances, all right? All right, let's get off here. Almost two hours. Y'all have a fantastic week. I'll talk to y'all next Sunday, and uh, we'll try to make it a little bit shorter for you, all right? And so love each and every one of you, uh, each and every one of you, man. I truly do. And I'll talk to y'all next Sunday, all right?